friends. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Fort Worth Roots. Today's guest is the owner of Orb Recording Studios out of Austin, Texas. He's also the front man for the band Icarus Bell. And I've got links in the descriptions so that you can check that out. Very cool uh, band. Just put out a new video for the track that we're actually, uh, that we used to sample for this intro. It's called Bones. Uh, the link is in the descriptions. You can check it out there on their YouTube page. I've also got other links in there for you to click on and, and see more of uh, the band Icarus Bell. Our guest is also the bass guitarist for a band called Blue October you might have heard of. Very cool stuff. Very cool. Anyway, we're extremely excited to have uh, this guest today. It was awesome. I, I got to go back to Orb Recording Studios and spend some more time up there and just kind of hang out and uh, get to make a new friend. So big shout out to Lucas Peterson from the Just Sway podcast. Uh, it, it's a, a podcast about the music from Blue October and the people that it's kind of affected. And um, I'm doing a terrible job of describing this, but it's a great podcast. Uh, Lucas puts a lot of attention into this and it, his episodes are just crisp and clean and very well put together. So big thank you to Lucas for setting up this interview and uh, the one we did with Jackie Rose. That's uh, episode 36. So check that out. That was also recorded at Orb Recording Studios in Austin, Texas. Um, that's it. We're ready to start the show. Y'all give it up for our guest today, Matt Nevesky. <laughs> So I'm I'm usually uh, pretty even killed whenever I have a guest sure. with me, but yeah. I'm I'm a little nervous today. Oh, dude, there's nothing so, to be nervous about. Past, just uh, keep it conversational. Yeah, and yeah. I'm totally. I I love doing these for the man. past month. Yeah. I've been plowing through all of your material, and at a nice. certain point, I quit taking notes because you've got so much going on. <laughs> so yeah, I, there's a lot going. One on. One question yeah. I wanted to ask you, and I try not to get this too like interviewee. Sure. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Bar Barbara yeah. Walters or whatever. Right. But yeah. I did want to ask you, like, when do you sleep? <clears throat> Do you ever sleep? Oh, man. <laughs> um, that's funny. You know, I used to... Uh, actually, I've, I, I've struggled with proper sleep my whole life. Like, yeah. when I was younger, I actually worked in the bar business, and I, I got in this terrible habit of sleeping until, like, four in the afternoon, mm -hmm. getting up and going to work, and going to bed when the sun came up. Yeah. And, uh, and I, at first, it was really exciting and fun, and then I began to really hate that lifestyle. You mm -hmm. know, after a while, I was like, this is just gross. I hadn't seen the sun, you know, yeah. like it's summertime and I'm, it's always just night for yeah. me all the time. And, um, well, anybody and I was in that industry is kind of has to adapt to that schedule, which you, you do can yeah. wreck you. It, well, and I think that when we were younger, <clears throat> one thing that happens with like, I guess like, you know, the term is baby bands or baby like bands that are kind of paying their dues at first, yeah. you know, and playing a lot of like smaller gigs and bar gigs and stuff like that is you, you get used to going on at like midnight. Are we talking about love muscle? Love muscle. Yeah, there you go. You've done your homework, yeah. man. I love the name. Yeah, man. thanks. I kind of hung that up on it. Pretty funny story <laughs> with that one. But, well, let me hear uh, it. Um, man, so, <laughs> okay, was that your right. name? Did you come up with it? It was, yeah. So um, I'm pretty sure it was me, but it was it was me and uh, my friend Dave McCormick, who I'm still friends with to this day, and uh, Chaz Stallman, our other buddy. And 
um, in Battle of the Bands, like I grew up in Traverse City, which, you know, is, it's not, it's not like big concerts came to Traverse City yeah. uh, other than during the summer we had this thing called Cherry Fest. Is that right outside of Detroit? It's actually about four hours away. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so for me growing up and going to a concert was more of a ritual. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was an all day thing. You know, it was like, so you planned ahead. It was like, I remember going to see, you know, whatever it was, Rage Against the Machine or whatever. And it was like, okay, we're going to leave early in the morning. We have to make sure we got a place to stay. You know, like there's a group of us, we're mm-hmm. going to caravan, we're going to go to the show. It was like, it's all, it's not like here where it's like, oh yeah, there's a show. It starts in an hour. I'm going to get ready and head downtown. Right. Like, it wasn't like that where I grew up, yeah. you know? So, um, so I think there was a lot more appreciation for that, I mm-hmm. think, you know, but, but a bit, it, 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 the, the battle of the band thing was such a big deal when we were in high school, because that was like you know, when you're in high school, you can't play bars, you know, right. so it was house parties and stuff like that. But Battle of the Bands is like what you work toward all year. Yeah. That's what you practiced for. So it was like, you know, that was the pinnacle. That was, yeah. it, that was the whole Super center Bowl. of everything. Yeah. It, was, it was a Super Bowl, man. Yeah. And, and, and being from Michigan, it's like Super Bowls don't happen. So, um, <laughs> go Lions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, um, I, I loved battle of the band so much man i loved it i loved like the competition but also being friends with the guys in the other bands like seeing what if anybody had original songs they were going to sprinkle in with the cover songs and if somebody was going to do the same cover song and all that and in my town excuse me in the town next to us called sutton's bay um were we both had a battle of the bands so we got to do both and so it was like every year we had one on one weekend and then about a month later we'd do the Suds Bay Battle of the Bands. And they were both a blast. They were both really fun. Um, but but it was such a big deal in my hometown that the high school battle of the bands in Traverse City was at this place called Lars Lars Hockstead Auditorium and it held like twelve hundred people. Damn. So That's it big was for a Battle of the Bands. It was right? huge and yeah. it would sell out every year. Yeah. I mean, so it would like and they whatever the tickets were like five bucks or whatever they were, but it would be packed every year and so when you played battle of the bands it was a concert it wasn't you're playing in front of 50 people right you know you're in college it was a bunch of those like house party gigs every Mm -hmm. weekend but battle of the bands is like a concert concert and it felt like you're in front of 10,000 people when you're that age you know and um but i went to the catholic school in traverse city i went to the small school i was friends with everybody at the big school but i went to the catholic school the outsider the outsider <laughs> and uh and dave my drummer and i both went to to uh, st francis and we actually wound up going to college together as well okay. um but he was buds? a drummer we're still buddies man yeah. just talked to him a couple months ago actually he lives awesome. up in new york now but um but he and i and our other friend uh we of course being high school idiots you know we're like let's be love muscle you know <laughs> that's a great name <laughs> along with several other terrible names you know but that one like we thought was funny of course and then but i learned in high school at my school uh it was pretty easy to manipulate the system because it was a small school so okay. we did this end of the day announcements uh at the end of the like pretty much at the end of every day but on friday it was kind of extended because it was like have a good weekend students blah 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 blah. Yeah. well i knew that if i turned in my request last minute that the the wouldn't have time was, to go through the she review wouldn't have time process to review yeah <laughs> and um her name was mrs dreaves and she was so sweet shout out she um she um no i'm sorry that was actually miss Curtin. it was my it was oh and i feel terrible because it was my friend's mom That's um okay. you fixed it yeah yeah okay. yeah um <laughs> 
but she 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 would read the the you know the announcements at the end of the day and i slipped it in i slipped in the little flyer for the bay battle of the bands and and in her michigan accent she, you know it was like the la- of course it was the last thing she says too <laughs> i'm just sitting there waiting for it and she's like and don't miss the sutton's bay battle of the bands you know tomorrow night featuring and she lists the other three bands and then she's like and love muscle <laughs> And then it's just dead silence, and you, and you could hear her clear as day. She goes, "Oh dear," and like the whole build, not just my class, but the whole building just erupts in laughter because, of course, they know it's mine and Dave's band, you know. Yeah. And my teacher at the time, he, he was a huge dick. He was like crosses his arms. He thought it was kind of funny though. He crosses his arms and he looks at me, and he, I'll never forget this. And he goes. Let me guess which band is yours. <laughs> and of course, I was like, it's your heart. We're talking about the heart. Man, if you didn't yeah. contribute anything else to this life at that point, <laughs> you're good. That's, hey, man, that's I, awesome. Comic relief was actually my specialty in, in yeah. high school, you know, like um, in the early years of the band, I was kind of the, the I guess, the funny guy, but. Well, um, you got to have that guy. Yeah, you, you do, yeah. right? And, you at least, at least one in every class, I mm. think. Yeah. And we had, I think, between Dave and myself, we had it covered for our whole class for sure. But, um, but yeah, so battle, battle of the bands, big deal. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was like, you know, like I said, it was kind of like the epicenter of everything. It was like instead of like homework came second. Yeah. You know, it was like no, we got to make flyers and right. a logo and to practice our songs like constantly after school. You know, and it was a big deal, man. Yeah. It was a blast. So this. This did this all start off? So at age eleven, you were you were playing bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, guess, I, I was uh, kind of dabbling at that point. Your uncle yeah. was his name, Jim. Mm-hmm. Got kind of got you into that. Was that kind of your role model? Yeah. Well, so my brother was really my role model, honestly. My brother, my older brother, who's a phenomenal drummer, he lives out in L.A. now. Um, is he still playing? He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He plays uh, quite a bit. He's really into like surf rock, okay. and he does a lot of like his old. He had a band called The Baffles, and they did like all of these like Pee Wee Herm- like Pee Wee's Big Adventure and Gremlins and all these theme songs but surf band style <laughs> and it was so badass uh, but my my brother had a huge impact on me because the relationship between bass and drums mm-hmm. and he's such a phenomenal drummer and he's a huge Rush fan okay so being from northern Michigan of course my brother playing drums and so Rush was you know that was like my first like real concert with my brother was going to a Rush Presto you know yeah. the Presto tour and and so that that was a big a big deal to me but i really wanted to be able to jam with my brother and then and my friend had a bass and he didn't play it yeah so he was like yeah go ahead take it so that was kind of it but at the same time i also had all these great memories of being a kid Mm -hmm. and seeing my uncle jim play and my uncle jim wasn't just a bass player he was a badass bass player yeah like i go back and listen to some of the old records from his we had a band called riley and oh my god some of those bass lines are just slamming and this is back in the late 60s early 70s and it's just got that like country joe and the fish kind of vibe you know but i'm like man he was such a great bass player you know and i i i always gravitated toward that instrument anyway Mm -hmm. i didn't want to play guitar i was like everybody plays guitar i don't want to play guitar i want to be different you know but the thing about bass that was really cool is that i could jam with my brother i could learn from him Mm -hmm. and like playing bass to me is kind of the best of both worlds because it's, it's a percussive instrument but it's also melodic right so you're really playing drums and guitar at the same time it's kind of you're holding roots down you know but it's it's just a blast to me man it's i i I, to me it's still so spiritual and it's with my release and if i'm stressed 
or I just need a break, like picking up my bass, like it just cleanses the palate for me and it kind of brings me back to that place. It kind of takes me back to my bedroom when I was 12, 13 years old and I was listening to Jane's Addiction tapes yeah. and figuring out the bass line or, or Chili Peppers or Rush or whatever it was, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's I never looked back. That's awesome. I didn't second guess it at all. Idiots yeah. like me that can't pick up uh, any instrument are extremely envious. I don't know <laughs> if I'm speaking for all idiots, but at least this idiot. So, um, I wanted to ask you because I, I, when I started digging into your your uh, biography or your yeah. information or whatever, I found I don't want to get the name wrong. Sure, Icarus Bell. Yeah, yeah. And I've been Bell's digging right. on that hard. That's, Thanks, that's, man. There's a lot of good stuff there. So y'all launched that in. Uh, 2019 is when it says started, but have y'all released your first album? So we, we don't have an album out yet. We actually just released our fourth single Okay. Uh, Friday. Yeah. Um, There's plenty of yeah. content online. Like I was able to find a bunch of your music. Yeah. And uh, you're the front man for that band. Yeah. It's really just two of us. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we're, we're, we're discussing the whole live show aspect of it because at some point we do have to... <laughs> there's so much going on with the music that yeah. like, I, you know, I've, I've actually worked with a bunch of two piece bands. I worked with I am dynamite, um, uh, Palomino, um, a bunch of bands that didn't have bass players actually funny enough, yeah. you know, like as a producer, I've worked with them and um, I, didn't, I didn't write them all down, but yeah. there, there were so many that you've been involved with. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. Like I was taking notes and I'm finally, I'm just like, this is just confusing me. There's so much. It's, it's, it's really, you know, the truth is that I don't, like this is my hobby yeah you know like a lot of people i think that they have i i've never had the separation of work and and hobby which which honestly it 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 can be troublesome in other areas of your life Mm -hmm. you know because having a family like most people are used to the dynamic of you have work and then you separate yourself from work right and you have things that you do that you enjoy now Mm -hmm. i do things that i enjoy and i enjoy doing things with my children but that's hard on a marriage yeah. It's really hard on, you know, other aspects of your life because you, that's your identity. Mm-hmm. You know, when you do what you love, and I imagine it's, it's. I, I have actor friends that talk about this too. Yeah. It's the same thing as I don't want to do anything else. Mm-hmm. Like if I was, if I had a nine to five day job, which I, I have many times, yeah. then at 5.30, this is what I'm doing. Right. You know, so to be able to do this, like, is what I want to do anyway. Right. You know, it is my, it is my hobby. It's my number one hobby. And, and, you know, for better or worse, that is my identity. And I'm okay with that. Like, I love that. Well, at least you can identify that and say, okay, this is what that is. And this is why it's an issue. And Mm -hmm. with you, I've already uh, recognized that through your scheduling process and and everything else about you that I've encountered so far, you're, you're very professional. Thank you. Yeah. And and I I think that's probably something that's going to help you put those lines in the sand that yeah. that separates those two worlds that are kind sure. of intermingled anyway. Yeah. So it's you know most musicians are and I work with so many of them that like I I can almost kind of when I work with a band it's fun because I'm like okay I get to identify which guy is which guy yeah. and which girl is which girl right. and go oh yep okay that's the you know You've that's met the that personality one. before <laughs> yeah so you, that's you, the tour manager yeah <laughs> um you know that's the jokester that's the one who's always late uh and and honestly like it's really and it used to be more so it's kind of changing now because of of social media and needing to be responsible but you used to get a free pass as a musician especially when you're successful to be kind of lazy about things and let your management handle stuff or, Mm -hmm. 
you know, and not be super proactive. And, you know, it's, there's so much mystery involved and, and all this, you know, and it was make records and tour and party and blah, 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 blah. And that's not, first of all, it's not the way my band works. You yeah. know, we don't party like, you know, we're, we have fun, but we're, we have fun and sober, you know, right. and, and clean headed. And, um, and it's a different, it's just a different world for us. It's very serious, but it's also very fun. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, like I, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm great at, at many things. Like, I feel like there's certain aspects of producing that I'm like, yes, this is a strength for me. Mm -hmm. Comping vocals is something I love to do. I feel like I, ha I have a sixth sense for that. That's where you go in and you adjust the, the, the levels kind of like auto tune, but more hands-on. So you, what I basically do is, is, um, take all of the takes of vocals mm -hmm. and create the perfect track out of it. Right. Like, and so that, and that's all ear. That's just me listening for the right personality and character and pitch and all those things. Did you and do all that for Jackie Rose? I did. Yeah. That sounds yeah. very clean. Thank and you. Having met her and talked to her and uh, listening to her music, I can see where you kind of made it all work. Sure. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a piece of artwork once you get done with that process that you're talking yeah. about. And I don't understand it completely, but it's, yeah. you see it, you can hear it. It's, it's, it's some people actually get hired just to do that yeah. you know or just to edit drums Incredible or skill, yeah. you know whatever that is but I, but I feel like with musicians in general or songwriters or, or you know producers slash engineers um, there, there are certain strengths that you have and then sometimes there are weaknesses that you have and sometimes people are in denial about what those weaknesses are so they don't want to lean on other people right and it hurts them mm -hmm. but i'll do it all myself yeah i got it i got it i got <laughs> it no i'm not like that i like i love working in teams yeah. i love to work with other producers i love to work with engineer yeah. you know I, I like i like to put teams together but one thing that i've gotten good at and i feel like most musicians are not good at is uh creating some kind of a plan Mm -hmm. I have to is is almost like a being a producer is kind of being a project leader, and being a project leader you have to be organized. You have to go okay, this is going to be the right drummer for this project. This is going to be the right guitarist. This is going to be the right keys player. Okay, we're going to do it on this date. Here's the budget. This seems like the right amount of time to get it done in. Then we're going to talk about mixing. We're going to talk about all the things that come after. Mm -hmm. You know there's a lot to it well there's a trend here that i'm noticing just in our conversation but whenever you're talking about battle of the bands back whenever you were a mm -hmm. kid getting everything together organizing and yeah you've been doing this since the beginning you've, you've oh, been for sure you've been the man. producer since, yeah. since the start i you know and i used <laughs> to um it's funny that you say that like when i uh, so i always joke around like being an engineer you, oftentimes you go to school and you get a degree or you intern and you figure it out and you, you move up the ranks right. producing is different <clears throat> A lot uh, today, a lot of producers are, are successful engineers that know how to produce. Mm -hmm. But throughout time, a lot of times producers are musicians who work with other bands or get older and make the transition into producing. Right. But I was always like, how do you just wake up one day and decide you're a producer? Because anybody can be a producer. Yeah. Anybody can. Yeah. You don't have to have any credits. You just can change, say, yeah, change, I produce music. The name tag. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. Now I'm a producer. <laughs> like, you don't just wake up and. I'm a producer today, you know, yeah. so you kind of have to earn that, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that that means that you got to, you got to work with, you have to do all of the, I love when Dave Grohl said, he was talking about American Idol and why it doesn't work. And he said, you have to be in a band and you have to suck and then you get better and then you get better and then you get better and it all starts to click. Yeah, and so it all starts to make sense. Somewhere around that 10,000 hour, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
it's, you're, you're it's just the same launching people into these positions and it doesn't really it, work. It, it, it's it's very rarely does it work yeah. and oftentimes when it does work it's because those people have already done the grind and then mm-hmm. you find out that they've already done all the work and they've already been working at it for a long time or whatever that is but people have this weird you know like with youtube personalities and everything like i sound like a grumpy old man but people have this like instant success like instant gratification thing that's now. our society now. it's it doesn't work that way right. with music you know and in, in the music business and i've had to explain this to people that i work with that are business people that don't understand the music business that they're like well i need instant results i want huge numbers on socials and i want this and i want that and I'm like, you got to let this play out the way it's supposed to play out because people aren't stupid and they want to see real growth. They want to see real, actual, natural, organic growth from people. Right. You know, like these things need to be worked out in a certain way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to me, uh, I think that, I think it's really important that you take that same philosophy that when we talk about musicians and musicians grinding, mm-hmm. we have to have that same philosophy as producers. Yeah. And producers have to be able to grind first. Yeah. They've got to do those things. Well, that's you know? kind of a fallacy. I mean, that's that's the fundamental with anything out there. I mean, you can't yeah. just, you know, you, you hear kind of the, the, the story of the, the kid that grew up in a wealthy family and was kind of given everything. And then he goes out with a big chunk of cash and starts his own business and it ultimately fails. Right. Yeah. You know, that's one kind of fringe example of what you're talking about. But you, you kind of have to take the steps to get to where you want to be if you want it to be worth a shit. For sure. Um, yeah. And then if it is just handed to you, you're going to burn it to the ground because you don't understand the, 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 the foundation of what it took to yeah. create that. Or you just hire everybody to do everything for you. That's a good way to do you it. Know? Yeah. yeah. That might actually work. <laughs> I'm sure it does. I don't trust anybody is my problem. You yeah. know, like I love hiring when I'm in the studio, I do mm-hmm. like, I, I love my group. I love the people that I work with. Right. And I have so much trust in them. But when it comes to like the keeping a schedule, mm-hmm. And it comes to, you know, being able to look at the client. I work with a lot of younger kids and I was, so I work with their parents, you know, like de facto. And I, they have to be able to trust me and know that I'm a man of my word and know that I'm going to follow through on what I said. And I'm not going to leave them with something half finished. Right. You know, they're probably very protective. This is their, this is their child. As they should be. Right. So, so I get really like, I take the whole, like uh, that aspect of it very seriously, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, I can't. I need to make sure that I don't let these people down, you know, and that right. if I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And it's as easy as that, right? I mean, you yeah. just do what you say you're going to do. It's, I mean, I don't understand people that spend half their life chasing their tail because they're lazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. so they cut corners and then they spend more effort, like just basically just going around in circles mm-hmm. trying to make excuses for everything and it's like man if you just did it right in the first place I don't think they can help themselves though. I yeah. know I've, I've dealt with people like that my entire life and it's it's it yeah. seems like maybe the way they were raised or a genetic dysfunction or yeah something. yeah because they can't help it you could tell I you could like, tell them that story till you're blue in the face and they'll never get it right I know a lot of contractors like general contractors that work that way which is really like, like weird. just construction stuff. Construction. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, how on earth are you a general contractor? Well, I think because you you can't. That industry draws in people like that because you. I mean, it, look at Austin. Look at Dripping Springs. Look at this entire area. Yeah. If I was a GC and I wanted to build porches, all I'd have yeah. to do is just put my name out there on a neighborhood Facebook page, and yeah. I'm going to have enough work to keep me busy, yeah. whether or not my reputation uh, is kept intact. You know, right. because there's right. so much need for that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And I think that these these GCs, it's so funny that we're getting off on this, but um, they 
they're they're attracted to this industry because they can literally screw ten people over and still have work the next yeah. day. Yeah. Yep. And that's that's yeah. why you get that. Kind it's of thing. it's cr- it's. Cr- <laughs> I've had so many weird experiences like that where I'm like, man, I haven't met that many honest GCs to be yeah. honest with you. No. And it's like that. It's like okay, well get money from this to pay for this over here. And then, and then I got to go back and, mm-hmm. you know, and let make up for something and talk in circles. And it's like, yeah. man, just stay, keep your eye on the ball. That's and why the Angie's list thing do. got so popular, you know, right. cause it was like, well, now you've got people's feedback telling you, okay, this is a good contractor and, and we can, we can trust this guy. Course, Angie's list over the years. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess I'm dating myself cause that is no longer around. I don't think, but over the years it got diluted. And yeah. So basically you just need to make sure that you do what you say you're going to do and the reputation will precede you. Yeah, right? for sure. And I'm yeah, sure in this industry, 100%. especially with, with where our society is now, that word of mouth between the different people that walk into your studio is paramount. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, that's that's funny that you say that because a record and and, and my partner and I didn't know this when we opened. Of course, we right. thought you know we're opening a business. It's so exciting, so mm-hmm. exciting. We knew what we were getting into, you yeah. know. But um, but we were like, okay, we're going to advertise and tape up. We're going to advertise in Mix Magazine. We're going to advertise in the Chronicle. Blah 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 blah. And looking back, man, I don't think I would do any of that again. Yeah. Um, because at the time you didn't know any better we didn't know yeah. any better you know and and it made sense yeah. you know but as a, a recording studio is such a specific thing and it is all word of mouth mm-hmm. it's all reputation i mean like i i the reason that we built this place in in the first place was because of the reputation of other austin studios yeah. and the ones that and there are some great studios don't get me wrong but there were some that didn't have a great reputation either. And there were a couple that um, were great at one time and then they got a new staff or whatever that was. And yeah. it all just kind of went to, went to shit, you know? And um, we really wanted to be somewhere that people were going to talk about in a very positive way. Yeah. And we're going to, not just here in Austin either, but we're going to go back to LA and back to New York, right. and back to Nashville and be like, Hey, there's this place. Yeah. People travel to come to Orb <coughs> Studios and get it done right the first time. Yeah. 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 And, awesome. and actually it's, it's awesome because there's there, I mean, the growth here, you know, it, you know like mm-hmm. it's insane. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's number yeah. one market. And and yeah. then Orb Studios specifically, this is the second time I've been here back a month ago with uh, Jackie yeah. and now today and both times, you know, the parking lot's full. You got people doing stuff. And yeah. It's obvious that there's, yeah, there's, sure. there's some wheels moving, yeah. turning. I was, yeah. I actually just had to check the calendar yeah. just to make sure. Cause and I was like, if I we need to good. cut this short, I want to no, make sure no, that no, we no, do that. Good. Cause yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's Memorial Day and yeah. you've still got this place running like yeah. uh, like a regular day of the week. So the only holiday that really honestly matters here is Christmas. Really? Like yeah. other holidays don't, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, I would say. I'd say people generally don't work on music on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. generally don't work on, on, I don't think we've ever done a session on Christmas. But outside of that, like Halloween yeah. doesn't. Uh, nah. Well, like People you said, the, the the kind of the blending of uh, work life and, and, and home life, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, yourself and probably a lot of people in your industry, a lot of the people that you work with don't see it as going to work on Thanksgiving. They see it as, right. well, I'm going to go up to the studio and do some uh, work with Matt. And, yeah. Be creative. Yeah. You know, write songs. Yeah. It's fun, you know, but. I've been watching a yeah. lot of the behind the scenes stuff that I don't know who does all your social media stuff, but like yeah. the Blue October Mm. Uh, behind the scenes with y'all working in the studio or, or with Jackie and yeah. some of her social media and watching y'all work in the studio. It's just, you can tell that you guys 
are kind of like a big family. Absolutely. You know? and, yeah. And y'all absolutely. jive well together and it just, it, it looks like a great environment. It's, uh, you, you can know, sell tickets to that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love hearing that. That's the ultimate compliment to me because I, we do want to be a big family here, yeah. but we also don't. Another thing that I love about this place is, um, studios generally like commercial studios generally seem to be one room with kind of like one guy that runs it with an assistant. Mm -hmm. It's very small. Yeah. Usually isn't a manager, you know, um, maybe somebody behind the scenes keeping it booked and all that, or it's a big facility with multiple rooms. And like when you go to LA, like when we work in Henson studios, there's a full-time manager at a desk handling everything, answering the phone. Yeah. And there are mo like probably 20 different studio rooms yeah. and all different sizes. And, um, and in Austin, there's nothing like that, of course. Uh, no. Dallas, there's Maximedia was kind of like that. Okay. Awesome studio, by the way, but I love that place. What kind of studio? You don't know of any of the studios in Fort Worth? Are there any mm. even worth mentioning? No, you know, I don't <laughs> think I've not. ever actually worked in Fort Worth. I've worked in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, I've worked in Denton a lot. Um, and uh, I there was this place, this little place in Grapevine that I did some uh -huh. stuff at, and I loved it. It was awesome. But so many little pockets yeah. all over the DFW area. There was actually a place, one of my favorite studios, funny enough, um, it uh, was, I'm not sure if they're there anymore. I think Alex actually moved. He did. It's not there anymore, but it was called Indian Trail. Huh. And it was in the, it was outside of Dallas, but it was kind of out in the middle of nowhere. You had to take like, it's like a 10 minute drive on dirt roads to get there. And there were three trailers Okay. And so there was a trailer set up here. RV trailers? RV trailers. Yeah. And uh, one of them, and part of the thing with a recording studio is you want the room, the floors to be floated for sound, yeah. right? Well, with the trailer, it's already floated. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it was crazy because you get there, you park, and I was like, this is crazy. One trailer is for people to stay in. Mm -hmm. The other one was for like business stuff. And then the studio trailer had a console, just like in our A rooms, huge uh -huh. SSL console and a full-size tracking room. And when you first walk in, it was like a little lounge with, you know, guitars and stuff mm -hmm. hanging up, but it sounded amazing and it was so much fun and it was such a cool experience. But I remember I was like, I've never been to another studio like this in my life. Yeah. This is unreal. You so know? what was the, I mean, for me, not being in the industry, looking at it, I'm thinking, well, of course it's different because it yeah. doesn't sound like it should work. You wouldn't think it would. Be, you know just dimension alone is that the takeaway is that what was so striking to you yeah, yeah. is how well it did work yeah <laughs> you know because you pull up and you're like are we at the right spot yeah. you know is this really going to happen and then you go in and you're like whoa i did not know this gear was in here i mean it's all top-notch yeah. gear amazing compressors and That's limiters awesome. and preamps and mics and like the drummer was super badass and all finished out really nice and and it sounded awesome and alex gerst the guy that ran it was a total pro yeah you know so he knew the room perfectly and he knew how to you know dial everything in but the thing is with a recording studio is it's it's easier if you build it from the ground up mm -hmm. if you have somebody who's an acoustic acoustic i'm not even going to try that thumbs up sounds um, good to me yeah. <laughs> um somebody who handles a whole acoustic aspect of it you know who has their degree and they know what they're doing which we did it's easier to do it from the ground up because you build it how you want it right it's harder to take a space and convert it into something because mm -hmm. you can't have a square room and expect it to right. sound good. It's more than just hanging stuff from the ceiling. No, there's more to it than yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, reflection and, and um, sound waves and, and how far, you know, bass and how far it travels and your mix position and all these other things, you know, that I can't even begin to understand. Yeah. You know, but 
seeing a place that's converted and it sounds great and it's fun to be at is really cool. And some of my favorite studios are actually really dumpy little places out in the middle of nowhere, but they're just like vibey. Yeah. You know, and we actually, when we were working on our, not the last record, but the record before that, we were in the UK and we had a song called Daylight that Justin and I had written together and we hadn't done vocals yet. Mm-hmm. And we we're like, we have to get this done while we're here, while we're on tour. So our manager found us a hotel is in outside of Brighton, I think. Not a hotel, sorry, a studio right outside of Brighton. And it was this like little like industrial complex, like out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it was this, just this tiny little room and like the coffee maker didn't work. And like you walk in and it's like, there's dishes piled up and everything, <laughs> but it was still so awesome. And it was so much fun, you know, just cause like the, 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 the engineer was awesome. It was mm-hmm. super cool. It sounded great. Yeah. He was enthusiastic. The room was funky, you know, I last, uh, right before COVID hit, our, en- our engineer here and Matt Melly and I both went to uh, Germany to work on a record Okay, and we worked at two studios and one of them was kind of the same thing it was in this like rehearsal room kind of complex mm. and we spent two days in there and then we went to this place in downtown Nuremberg and it was this makeshift studio in the basement this old like cellar basement that you had to go outside the house and walk down the stairs to go down into this old like basement from like whatever like <laughs> 1700s or something and you still getting any kind of weird vibe going it, into that oh basement? yeah it was it was like <laughs> but it was awesome nice it was awesome i wouldn't want to be there all the time yeah <laughs> you know you might start getting cooked up a little bit but uh <laughs> But the vibe was so cool, and I'm I'm a nerd for that stuff. Yeah. I love going to different rooms and well, that's cool. Yeah. Seeing what they're like. You know? Well, this is the first time I've been to a, a studio, mm. so um, I don't know what kind of time you got after this, but I'd love to take some pictures. Oh yeah, for sure, man. In fact, so the band that's working in uh, B should be easy, but the band that's working in A are really good friends of mine that I've worked yeah. with forever, so I'm sure they'll be fine with. Which band is this? Know. So they're called, I don't know what they're calling the project now. Oh, okay. Because they're kind of like getting back together yeah. again after a long time. Okay, but yeah. they were called Language Room okay. when I worked with them. And then they were Kiona. Mm-hmm. And uh, I produced their first album with them. And uh, and then I produced half of the next album with them when they were Kiona. And my friend Dwight Baker produced the other half of the album. Which is something, that's another thing that's kind of common in this industry is you become friends with other producers. And yeah. sometimes like, even if you're not together working on something, you'll do half the project. And then somebody will do like David Bendeth, who's a really big producer. He's worked like Paramore and a bunch of other bands. Like for some reason, I've done three different albums that I've done half and he's done the other half. Yeah. And I've never met him in person. So just massive collaborations all the time. Yeah, all the time. Pretty, pretty yeah. uh, standard for the it, industry. And that's kind of what the Icarus Bell thing's all about, yeah. honestly. It's like, it's just two of us, but our whole idea with it was, it's like, why don't we just keep you and I the core, Yeah, but layer tons of different sounds and of course like i'll i'll add guitars and you know and do vocals and everything but let's get other vocalists let's get other you know guitar players let's get people to play percussion keys whatever that is and just get a bunch of our friends to more make cameos on this yeah. there's a ton of people on these songs when this album's actually done uh-huh. there will probably be over 50 musicians on it well and and all those little connections make it that much stronger of a product right for sure yeah that was one of the questions that uh i had a friend of mine help me put some of these questions together she wanted she wanted to know who would you most like to collaborate with so that just mm. kind of ties into what you were talking about do you have like a icon or somebody that you've uh, never had the chance to work with yeah there are a couple actually and 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 most people probably would not expect this um 
Well, if you say Taylor Swift, this interview's over. <clears throat> it's not Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I've, I've, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I get it. And I see, uh, you know, my daughter was all about Taylor Swift when she was younger. I get it, you know, and I think obviously she's very talented and whatnot, but I just, I just, it never resonated with me, man. And I never heard, like, I can hear, there's, there are honestly Miley Cyrus and Katy Perry songs and I'm yeah. like, yeah, I can, I can get, I get it, you yeah. know, like. Would I listen to it every day? No, but I get it. You can't you know? jam to shake it off if your kids are I enjoying it? I can't really jam to shake it off. I can't. I don't know if there is a Taylor Swift song that's ever like, I've been like, I want to hear it again. Yeah. Um, it's just not my thing, you know, but. Uh, Side railed you though. Yeah. yeah. Um, as far as collaboration goes though, man. So wow, there are a couple and they're for different reasons, but. I would love to just sit with Max Martin for a day. And I had an old, an engineer that worked here for a while uh, named Robert, um, who was a younger guy. And he was so talented. And he really made me realize what a great producer Max Martin was. Mm -hmm. Because Max would take real instruments and manipulate them to make them sound more digital. Mm -hmm. And so when you go back and you listen to some of the like, like, you know the early or the late 90s early 2000s stuff that was really successful and i'm talking like britney spears songs yeah. you know like the the way that those songs are put together and the way that they're produced is just mind-bogglingly <laughs> amazing to yeah. me yeah. and i thought he was i think he was genius at taking something that when you listen to an isolated track by itself that's really dirty and raw and weird but it working mm -hmm. that like robert really opened my eyes to what an amazing producer max is i would love to just sit down and learn from him even though that's primarily pop music now yeah. on the other side of that I love Danger Mouse. I love his work as a producer. I love Gnarls Barkley. I love what he did with the Chili Peppers. Like he, he, a lot of his stuff is very left to center, which I think is really cool. And I think he just has such a cool kind of like, he adds such a cool aesthetic to everything that he does. But if I could sit down for a day and it's not just a production thing, but it's more just a music thing in general, I would actually love to work with uh, Sly Stone from Sly and Slice. the Family Stone. Okay. So, and, and because I, growing up, I was a massive Sly and the Family Stone fan. Oh. And he is crazy. <laughs> like, I've, I've heard stories about him, like, I don't know if it was crack or what it was, but I know he went off and, you know, but then he came back and he, he did a performance a few years ago and it was, it was incredible. It was yeah. so good. And I just, to me, like he was so far ahead of his time as far as like all the things that we talk about today, you know, social, social injustices and things like that and equality and, um, and taking those things and putting them into music, but then the vibes from a production standpoint and the way that he built those songs and the way that his whole band, this huge band was like a family to him. Mm -hmm. is so interesting to me. Yeah. I just love to pick his brain. Yeah. You know, it might be fried at this point, honestly, <laughs> like it may not be worth it, but get what you can out of it. I'd get what I can, you know, I definitely yeah. like, I'd, I'd get scoop way down in there to get something. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, digging through, uh, Lucas Peterson's podcast, uh, just sway. Yeah. And, uh, kind of rediscovering blue October and then mm. getting to do all the investigating into Jackie Rose's limited career so far, but yeah. just all the little connections that I'm finding whenever I do the research to, to put these interviews together and then diving into yours. Mm -hmm. I just, I am obsessed right now with the culture of everything that you're talking about. Yeah. The way that, you know, 
the the collaborations the the ties between every you're spitting out names that i'm just like oh okay yeah like i'll have to go back and look that up i don't understand it but yeah you do you probably know 90 percent of the people that have been in the industry over the last 40 years mm-hmm. and uh i i just love the the you know there's a difference between turning on the radio and listening to a song or downloading a, a file i guess through a spotify that's listening to the yeah. music but being on your side of it yeah the the, the creative side of it uh is fascinating to me i've always been a sucker for the like behind the music mm-hmm. you know i've always been a sucker for that in fact i just did this thing it's like access tv i think is mm-hmm. what it's called and i'm there's a thing called um this show called music's greatest mysteries mm-hmm. and i'm doing a couple episodes for next season oh, sweet i had so much fun doing that yeah. because i love the stories behind mm-hmm. the music i love the whole like we talked about like the billy squire video that kind of ruined his career and and um like i am such a fan of the i guess like you know what's going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. and how it came together and i've always like even when i was a kid i would I would always want to, I would always read, as soon as I got the album, I would read everyone's name on yeah. the record. Like, yeah. who did this? Even if I didn't understand what a producer was, I still want to know who's involved. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, Steve Lillywhite. Okay, I've seen that name before. Right. You know, but who did this and who did that? And then like, I loved watching VH1 Behind the Music because I loved the whole stories. I've read almost every autobiography and biography from bands and musicians yeah. even if i don't like their music mm-hmm. i'll still read it just because i want to know their See, story you always involved you know? with that train wreck of a project yeah or? man sometimes <laughs> it's a lot of fun uh and the dirt the motley crew one by the way if you've never read it uh-huh. oh my god it's called the dirt the dirt okay and it is phenomenal I it's, check that out. there are things in there that you're like there's no way this actually happened and it did <laughs> it's on re- those guys i can't believe they're alive like yeah. it's absolutely insane but but i've i've always been like kind of a nerd about those things. Yeah. I love the story behind it. And I love to know like how the song came about or like mm-hmm. in anything, not just like one genre either, you know, like the mamas and the papas, you know, all the leaves are Brown, you know, it's like that song. I remember growing up listening to that song and then hearing the stories behind that and how it all came together. And Why like, are the leaves Brown? I heard, well, there was a lot of LSD involved in that <laughs> and they were, it took a whole summer to write that one song actually, yeah. you know, like, what a great song you yeah. know but they were supposed to come back with a record and they came back with one, one song. song oh shit um yeah. but yeah but I, I i love all that and i and i think that like in terms of like what we do here and then like what i i guess what my role is because i don't just produce i have a lot of mm-hmm. friends that are producers and they're like my job is done as soon as i'm done recording yeah and i don't have time for anything else right. and i respect that yeah. i think most producers work that way but i also work as a mentor yeah and so i mentor jackie Mm -hmm. and i mentor i work with this company in nashville and i mentor some of the artists that i work with through them Mm -hmm. and so i feel like my role is a lot different with them because it's not just making music with them it's a lot of prep Mm -hmm. and then it's a lot of follow-up yeah you're building a relationship you're not just putting out a product absolutely building relationships and building a culture Mm -hmm. and that's one thing that i think that we've done here at orb and that's one thing i'm really excited about is we kind of have our own scene Mm -hmm. you know a lot of producers here and a lot of musicians here t- tend to like kind of like uh you know it's like this is my pie stay yeah. off just get away from my pie go right. get your own and i don't like working like that yeah. you know i don't i don't work well by myself even like icarus bell like i'm always writing with other people mm-hmm. because I, I know that i i can do better if i have somebody that's really good yeah. working with me on it and and i i love that interaction with people i love learning from people and mm-hmm. then kind of like 
you know, not being a technical, uh, I can't read music. Yeah. I never have. Really? Oh yeah. So that's, like, that's the best musicians apparently. Um, <laughs> it's like the Berkeley thing. You know, you always hear that like, if you went to Berkeley and you dropped out, you're going to be successful. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just not who I am. It's not what I do. So like, I, I'm like, okay, that's, that's not my personality. So I'm going to be better if I have somebody that understands these things working in my corner, you mm-hmm. know, and working with me. It's just not, the way that the music business has changed and the way that like the money situation has changed. I think a lot of people sort of had a knee jerk reaction to that and have taken the wrong approach, which is okay. Well then I'm just going to be an Island and I'm going to do everything myself. And like, you can't, can't do that. Die on that Island. Yeah. You'll just be, yeah. yeah, Good luck. Starve to death. Yeah. 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 Well, um, the, the way you're doing, it's definitely more fun. Thanks man. It it is to me. It's a business, but it's, you know, it, it's not dying on your own island. Right. right? Yeah. I'm sharing the pie a little bit. It, it's, and it's also something that is always evolving, mm-hmm. which I love. Yeah. You know, I, um, I've been really lucky and I'll actually reference Robert again. I've had other engineers and producers, um, like Matt and Victor and Jimmy, the guys that are here now. And then like back with like, uh, we had a guy named Juan. Robert was definitely one because Robert was a lot younger. Um, and uh, an engineer named Kevin that I've gotten to work with a lot side by side and I've learned so much from them but I really learned that if I become complacent and I don't like keep my finger on the pulse of what's happening with music I'm going to be one of those old school dudes that's just miserable right you know I ran into one of my old producer friends at H-E-B the other day and Uh I was like God he just seems so grumpy yeah you know he just seems miserable and grumpy and I don't know if he's had a bad day or what but I, a lot of like my old buddies, like just, they just refuse, you know, it's like me, me bitching about Taylor Swift. Well, yeah, but would I work with Taylor Swift? Hell yeah. I would. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, of course I would. I would want to learn, you know? And, yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people just think that they're too like, it's like when Bieber came here, you know, mm-hmm. like I remember at one point, you know, somebody said, I don't know if that's a good look for us. I don't know if that's a good idea. And I was like, you're wow. not going to last here. Wow. And you're not going to last here and because he, that's so narrow-minded and hipster and Bieber overly cool. recorded some tracks here? Yeah, or, yeah, he worked yeah. here, yeah. Right okay. when we first opened. And it was like one of the smartest things we could have done. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. so, you know, to me, it's like, uh, and again, you know, uh, Rob being like half my age, like he was always kind of keeping me on my toes. And yeah. I owe him a lot for that because he was like, you're getting complacent. You're doing the same tricks again. Yeah. Stop. Uh-huh. Try something new. Adapt you know? or die. Stop yeah. and stop being <laughs> closed minded. Mm-hmm. You know, be open minded. Like do get out of your comfort zone and work on stuff that you wouldn't listen to. Yeah. And that's maybe that's do a been podcast. A lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love podcast. I actually am, oh. I listen to a lot of podcasts. That's why I got into it because I just same thing as diving yeah. into what y'all have going on, just enjoying the culture of it. Yeah. I did the same thing with podcasting and that's that's what got me to eventually just start my own is because I just enjoy networking with people and talking to people and the stories yeah like you're talking about but it's it's been a great outlet it's got me through some troubling times for sure it's been a great way for me to kind of divert some energy i work uh 85 to 90 hours a week wow and 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 so like i don't have a lot of time for this lately yeah but the time that i do have instead of staring at walls or yeah the, this is your is, outlet. Yeah, this is a good outlet. That's and, awesome. And, and so eventually, I would like to to scale it, and I'd like to do more work with more people and all that good stuff. But yeah, it's just been it's been great, and I love the podcast community. Yeah, 
So yeah, but that's a that that's a growing thing, and I've I've watched the analytics from the podcast thing go from nothing to way past what I thought it would do. Right, and there's there's a need for it. You know, absolutely. We talked about that general contractor that you know he could screw up ten times and and still have a job the next day. The the podcasting community is is like that in the sense that there's a vacuum. There's a, there's a need for a product. Yeah, and all you got to do is really just show up. Right. Get out of bed. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's uh it's it's an easy thing to get into. It's too easy in some regard because you know I went out and invested some. I put some money into some good equipment. Sure. I made sure that I had a good platform and all that good stuff. But uh, people are just making recordings on their cell phones, putting yeah. out seven seven episodes, and then you know. But it go. that's funny because that is kind of how music has become as well. Yeah. Like uh, I was just talking about this recently. Like it's so easy to make your own music now, and and now that you can you can get Logic for two hundred bucks and record on your computer and blah 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 blah. And sometimes that's a great thing, and sometimes it's not. Recording used to be a rite of passage. It used to be something that you earned, mm-hmm. and it's not that way anymore. So now there's just so much crap coming out, right? That it's made it harder for talented people to shine through, mm-hmm. um, you know, because there's sixty to eighty thousand songs every day that are coming right. out, and it's yep. like, how do you, you know, make yourself known through all all that? Um, but there's also a lot of like, you know, instead of like what Dave Grohl said of sucking for a while and then getting good, it's you can go in and make somebody who's not very talented sound a lot better than they are, mm-hmm. and so that to me is. I will work with artists that some other producer friends of mine wouldn't touch, but it's not that I'm just going to jump in the studio with them and work with them. I'm going to prep and I'm going to spend time trying to help them get better. Yeah. You know, and figure out who they are. Mm Mm-hmm. And other people aren't necessarily willing to do that. No, you're taking time. Yeah. Where somebody else just needs a turnkey uh, project. Yeah. They don't want to put in any extra effort whenever they could do half the work with somebody else and... (laughs) <laughs> you know, so this is a total side note, but something that's funny to me about podcasts too is like, I feel like it's all about personality, mm-hmm. you know, because I, so I am a huge Lions fan yep, and, that. um, and I love the POD cast mm-hmm. and it's a smaller one. It's not, um, I mean, I know they all have like credentials and they, you know, they, they're, you know, like official journalists and right. they also write, but there is an actual Lions podcast that is the line, like the Detroit Lions stamp of approval you were on it weren't you um i wasn't no i you wasn't were on actually I, yeah were talking i did about um, being a super fan for the detroit yeah Lions. i got to do yeah. it was actually for the team i got oh, to do okay. this like video thing yeah. um uh, my friend uh, neil larson works for him and he's he's phenomenal he's such he's a great drummer it's a good little way. video he put together for you thanks man yeah. it, was, it was a lot of fun doing that we get to go to training camp and everything it was really <laughs> cool um but i love the pod cast so much more than the official podcast of the team mm-hmm. and i wonder if that's a common thing with podcasts because like i listen to a lot of like murder mystery and stuff like that yeah. and um and i love music ones my friend johnny gowdy has one that's really good he's been doing it for a long time um but i was like man that's so weird to me i wonder if that's like a common thing because nothing against the guys that are doing the actual alliance podcast but they're just not that entertaining to right. me like I don't like listening to them talk that yeah. much, you know, and I love the way these other guys interact with each other and how mm-hmm. they talk. And, and to me, it's like, this is night and day better to me, Yeah, you know, and well, I wouldn't and think that. When, well, and, and I pick up on that too. It's, it's all about 
the personality and, and the vibe. And I, if, if you, if you've ever listened to Joe Rogan's podcast, oh yeah, his, his the way he talks, the way he interacts with his guests and all that, it's great. And that's, yeah. that's why he's the number one podcast I think in the world. But, uh, so identifying that before I started, I knew that I wasn't going to be a Joe Rogan or anybody else with this just amazing personality so i just make sure that i turn the entire focus on the guests yeah and i i episode one i told everybody that's not about me i'm not going to be the focus i'm going to talk to people that have some cool shit going on and yeah there's the focus it's awesome but so. you have a good but you have a good voice for it and that's i've been told that and i don't hear it and i'm the I, one sitting there no, you, you know, do I, I i hear it putting hear the it. audio together yeah. and trimming the clips and everything i gotta listen to my stupid voice you know nobody <laughs> likes the sound of their own voice because it sounds different than what you hear right yeah. you know yeah. so everybody gets weird out about that but i also i, I read a lot mm. but i also like audiobooks for when i'm driving right and um I've had some audiobooks where I'm like, man, this voice is ruining this for Wrecking me right it, now. yeah. You know, it's like, it's just all about, like, I don't well, want to sit here for six hours and listen to this guy's the voice. The author, the author, if the author has the ability to do the recording for that audiobook, they gotta do it, it ought to be the author. Yeah, I agree. There's no reason. I agree. No reason. Yeah. I got to ask you one more question. I, yeah. I, I think I remember you, the, the way you were telling me you schedule it, it seemed like we had about an hour to play with. So I yeah, wanted to yeah, get out of here sure. after an hour. Oh, good. Um, I, I will sit here and I will drone on for three hours with you. So <laughs> I, I wanted to make man. sure that I had respect for your time schedule yeah, there. Okay. Um, I'm I just used to the editing I process. just wanted to ask you about Liam. He had a cast on his leg and yeah. just wanted to ask you if oh, he was all right. Yeah, man, I, that's awesome. Thank you. So he like... So first of all, uh, like he and I are, are just two peas in a pod. Like yeah. we have this very special bond. And how old is he now? He's nine. Nine. Yeah. Okay. And um he uh he had his tonsils out recently. Okay. And so a lot of times kids with, with Down syndrome have enlarged uh, adenoids and tonsils. Okay. And, and as a parent, like as far as I know, I never had tonsils. Right. I never had them removed and I don't have them. Oh, what? So is yeah, normal? which is, I, I don't know. Like I've actually <laughs> read about it and apparently it does happen. Oh, but it's very rare. Yeah, it's and crazy. I just, you know, so to me it's like, um, but he's had a lot of sleep issues. Okay. And he'll, and, and I sleep with him a lot and he'll wake up in the middle of the night and he'll sit up. This is a tonsil related issue. Well, it w- yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't really know that at the time. Right. You know, I just knew he had a lot of sleep disturbances and then he would, his moods would definitely be affected if he had rough night sleeping. Mm-hmm. And so he had a tonsillectomy and adenoids removed and his sleeping and his general overall mood has been night and day since Awesome. Then. He's That's been wonderful. so much happier. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, I had no idea that having enlarged tonsils yeah. and having those breathing issues and sinus issues and whatnot would be such a pain in the ass for him. And I'm so relieved for him. But then the poor guy, soon as that happens, he goes and breaks his leg. <laughs> like he basically just got his foot caught in between the the seat and the door of the car oh getting out and so Sp- it's, it's, a, a spiral. it's a spiral fracture oh no those are bad yeah and they're and they're bad because of where they're located mm-hmm. so you just can't put any weight on it whatsoever Jesus, you know and so mm. he's fortunately for him he's got a cast up to you know pass his knee right now but i think in a week or two he'll get that off mm-hmm. and then he'll get like the booty cast yeah and then once he does that i just went and justin and his wife actually their daughter broke broke her leg a few Got years ago scooter they gave me the scooter <laughs> and so i went and picked it up yet i'm like it's pink but that's cool <laughs> and so he's um he loved it though i showed okay, it to yeah. him and i was like this is how you do it and he was like he wanted to do it then he can't yeah. yet but yeah. um but he's doing good man good. that kid is like yeah. he's a trooper 
Well, he's got yeah. a great smile. Yeah, thank Probably you. a good personality. Picked oh, that up dude. from the folks, probably. Yeah, yeah he's, he's awesome, man. He's well, Matt, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, this. This is a huge opportunity for me to sit down with somebody that's such a rock star, no pun intended, in, yeah. in your industry. I mean, you, you've got so much going on that uh, it's kind of humbling to, to sit here and talk to somebody that's got such a big thing going on well i um, love doing this man yeah anytime i'm i'm right yeah. down the street and if i lived in australia i'd fly out here to talk to you let's do it again so you yeah just I'm, let me I'm know committing right now let's okay. do it again yeah, for sure just whatever works for your schedule and um total side note too like if if you want to work with more musicians more artists are coming through here yes i i mean since you're close by especially like holler uh, me. Let, let me do you have cards by any yeah, chance got one right in front there of you. there we somewhere. go yeah. so i'm gonna leave i'm gonna leave this at the uh when you walk up here, we have a little area yeah. with these, uh -huh. like our friends and whatnot, sure, sure. and then we'll put something on the website. But this would be really cool. Like we have a videographer. Yeah, we've got all you know all these other people that like. It's not like we commission or something. We're right. just friends. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So like, it'd be it's it'd be really cool because that's one thing that we don't really have here. Yeah, you know. So no, I this is this this is what I want to be doing full time. Um, I know there's ways to kind of monetize it so that I could do that. Yeah, I don't want to get rich off of this. If it yeah. happened, that'd be cool. But right. my, my idea is, man, if I could just do this and mm -hmm. if I could get good at it, if I could hit my 10,000 hour mark yeah. and kind of polish this into a great product um, and then help other people out on their journey. Yeah. Because like you know, you're talking about sharing the pie. Um, this is a good advertising platform for people that are, you know, like Jackie putting out a single or maybe she's got an album coming out, something like that. That That's good for them. Yeah. But it's it's also something that I can do. So yeah. even if it's just a, a, a very small, maybe picks you up 10 more fans. Yeah. You know, that would that's be cool. Awesome. That would be cool. I like what you said too. You're, just, you're helping people at the end of the day. And that's really what music is about too. Yeah. And you know, the, the way I was doing this was just, taking people's stuff like you got a story let me hear it and then yeah. putting it out and blasting it out all over my facebook and uh, one of the musicians i interviewed said something to the effect of you know this is all going to come back to you you're doing so much for other people it's all going to come back to you and i was like what am i doing yeah this is, this is what i want to do but yeah, i get that though oh, you see it as a big benefit okay well yeah that's what i'm going to keep doing yeah so that's but, funny my brother and i <laughs> were just talking about that last night it's like the wheel is always turning and, and it, it comes around yeah it does that's yeah. life you know? uh you know whether i got one person listening to this or a thousand i'm gonna keep doing it so yeah that's yeah. that's how i know it's what i want to do that's awesome yeah man. Well, anything we can do to help cool that's matt great. thank you again yeah, thank you man and uh so nice to the meet camera you. thank you all for watching and uh fort worth roots uh we'll see you next time yeah thanks man what is this Great episode. Matt, thank you so much. This was uh, an incredible opportunity for myself and Fort Worth Roots. Uh, thank you for bringing me into your studio and giving me some of your valuable time. Um, I apologize my ass off for this, but we actually had to reschedule. I was uh, stuck at work, couldn't get out of it, and uh, we had scheduled really late in the evening, so I thought there was no way I could screw that up. Well, I did. And Matt had scheduled this out like a month and a half, two months in advance to to kind of meet the demands of his busy schedule, and I screwed it up. But 
Matt was awesome about it. He didn't make me feel bad about uh, uh, missing the timeline. And then he just uh, rescheduled me. So, Matt, thanks for doing that. That's uh, literally the first time I've had to reschedule an episode. And, of course, it was with Matt Noveski. <laughs> so, anyway, um, wonderful episode. I, uh, the uh, Some of these are... You know, they take a little more time to, to polish and kind of get the end product with uh, some of these recordings. And uh, some it's it's always my fault. But uh, this one right here, it didn't take a lot of editing. You know, I, uh, I picked a start point and end point, and that's the episode. We had a great conversation. It flowed well. And that's because Matt is just a cool dude, very laid back, easy to talk to. I could have kept this thing going, like I said, for several hours. But... Uh, busy dude, and he gave me an hour of his time, which is priceless. So, Matt, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to uh, doing another recording with you and uh, the rest of your family at Orb Studios. And um, uh, like I told my guests in the last two episodes, I've made the move back to Fort Worth, but if I lived in Australia, I'd fly out to uh, do an episode with Matt and his friends. So, anyway, thank you all for listening to this episode. There are uh, links in the show notes so that you can see the stuff that we were talking about and some of the things that Matt's been working on in, in uh, Orb Studios and uh, that is that it? This song I, I know I mentioned this but that, uh, that clip that I'm using for the intro and outro is a gift from Matt you know he told me that I could uh, sample his music and, and kind of work it into the show so it's exactly what I did and I, I was very excited to, to be able to take one of my guest music and turn it into uh, part of the show so a uh, big thank you for that Matt that uh, way better than the uh, uh, intro music we had that came standard with the roadcaster if y'all saw at the end of the episode Matt he's got the headset on and uh, I, uh, I hit the outro music and he's listening to it and he goes hmm not bad Where, where'd you get this like <laughs> like trying to be polite but uh you know, I, I, he's thinking we can do better than that. So, and that's whenever he offered to, to let me take a look at a few of his uh, songs and see which one would would work for sampling. And and we went with Bones uh, from Icarus Bell. That uh, you've got a link in the the show notes. I mean, they let's see. I'm just a babbling idiot today. Uh, two days, three days ago, they released the uh, music video that they made for Bones, and it's pretty cool. Uh, animated thing that uh, probably took a ton of time um, I don't know if Matt put it together himself he's very talented he might have worked on it as a project with a bunch of people but uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about that in our next recording and as far as Fort Worth Roots is concerned you can find us on all of your favorite podcast players uh, regardless of what they are um, and if I'm not on one that you listen to and you want it on there email me I'll get it on there it's not that difficult I just didn't spend time going through hundreds of different podcast players and putting my content up. We're on all the major ones, but if you got one you like listening to and I'm not on there, hit me up at media Also for suggestions, complaints, any of that, you can use that same email. You can also send me an MP3 format uh, recording, kind of like a voicemail through the email, and uh, I'll incorporate it in the end of the show if it seems like it fits. So, cool. All right. What else? That's it. I'm going to get out of here. You guys are great. Can't wait to see you next week. Thank you for listening. Peace.